0: And here we go. Community Hotline. Welcome to the Community Hotline, presented by 88 Real Estate Media, for the community, by the community. I am your host, Bob Fang, and today we have community member, Mr. Albert. Why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Mr. Albert, Brave Tiger Lee. That was a... (laughs) Amazing
1: intro. I loved it. So I, I was f- feeling that. So I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. It was a nice surprise.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I feel like you have to entertain the kids, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm Albert Brave Tiger Lee, and I'm a videographer, photographer, creative, Korean American. Yeah, that's me.
0: I love it. Where does the Brave Tiger come from?
1: Uh, it's my Korean name that it's the English alliteration of my Korean name. So, oh. Young Ho is Brave Tiger. Uh, and people don't get Young Ho, so I just put Brave Tiger because I wanted to pretty much just put on my work just a little nod to me being an a- being Asian American.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Rules of the game. Uh, this is for the youth, but I understand the youth curse, but for purposes, there is no cursing on this show. Uh, if you do curse, there will be a first strike, second strike, and a third strike. So All far right. no one has been booted yet uh but uh we'll see how it goes uh let's get right into it first topic of the day is going to be money tell us what is money
1: um, money is opportunity it's not a, not the root of all evil
0: <laughs> i it love it. the
1: opportunity to do stuff but it's not the end all be all either it's just a lubricant so there's other things in life that are much more important than it but it also allows you to have the opportunity to do a lot
0: of things. Uh, so it just depends on where you invest things, right? Yes, yes, I agree, whatever you invest in. What, I guess, from now and since you were in high school, what, what was your understanding of money back in the day in high school?
1: My understanding of money um, was that it didn't fall off of trees because my parents were Korean American immigrants. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think as I, as I was going through high school and college and just experiencing life, I saw money as an opportunity to uh, experience life as well. So, mm-hmm. so, so I, I spent a lot of it on experiencing life, a lot of um, a lot of hobbies, a lot of traveling, lots of things, enjoying time with my friends. Yeah. So I, I had kind of the Asian background of saving money for my parents because nothing was cheap. Um, Christmas presents were very practical uh very very few toys but at the same time it showed me that that practicality led to them affording me a lot of opportunity so it's been so i i have kind of that double-edged view of money where i think it's really important to hold on to and and save for investment and for opportunity in the future but then there's also the opportunity cost of now
0: i love it i love it so what would you say is like was your was your first job where you actually started making money
1: my first job one well, again i'm korean american so my first job making money was like i was probably seven years old or eight years old working at my parents liquor store uh sweeping sweeping up the shop the shop that was those are my early memories i remember stocking the refrigerator being inside of a really cold refrigerator as a little kid um and i Earned a little bit of money, but more than anything, that was just my duty as a, a little kid. But I started working pretty early.
0: Mm, did you ever uh, Did you ever hold any uh, resentments towards your parents for them forcing you to to stock the fridge, or were I'm you? Kind of, I'm sure
1: I did, but I, I think I forgot about most of those things. Either that, or they're deeply repressed somewhere.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So as a as a you know as a videographer, photographer, you know, what uh I guess what money tips would you have for those in the independent contractor uh field? Independent contractor field, I think you
1: gotta hustle. And then you gotta you gotta put the opportunity to make money out there. And and I can't really say don't be afraid to make money, but I think you have to take the chance to make money, to really put your work out there and invest in yourself. But then also you got to hold on to your money because the like, just like the opportunity costs, there might be an opportunity to do something today, but is that opportunity worth it? Inv- is that investing in something that's gonna pay off? Yeah. Because we don't know what our future holds as far as our next jobs. So we, we, as independent contractors, I know I know I have a staff job, so but I teach a lot of young kids and I know that they have to hustle. They have to hustle different types of jobs, different types of freelance work. And especially with the situation now, we don't know where the next job is going to necessarily come from. So mm. I, I say, like, work where you can get it. it just sounds very Asian. Work where you can get it and save while you can as well. But the American side of me is saying that also don't forget to invest in yourself and
0: put your work out there. Mm. How can you tell you know, what what type of job you should be investing in uh, your time for like when you when you mentioned earlier, I guess, do you have an example? um it's all on your own self
1: to me it's my own self-worth like I remember when I was first in the first in photography first starting off in video first starting off in film everything that I did I in, in, in the beginning I would hustle and I would put in way too many hours and if I counted how many hours I put in on a project versus how much I got paid I just effectively reduced my salary by two to three times because of the sem- amount of work that I put in. But that was in the beginning because I wanted to hustle and I wanted to actually excel. I wanted to be excellent. And honestly, at that time, maybe I wasn't so confident in my work where I had to keep on going back at it and keep on making it perfect until I thought it was good enough to deliver to the client. Mm. So now, as a someone with a little bit more experience, it's not like I'm saying I'm not going to put time into your work it's more like saying i know how much time i need to accomplish that work and i'm confident enough to actually look at it accomplish the project do put put the good amount of work into it and then call it finished and then ship it to the client so i'm putting in i'm not over analyzing my work i'm just publishing it putting it out there and then and trusting in the work and trusting my client likes it because i have the years of experience or just cuz i've built up that that body of work basically
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's-
1: yeah. Right. Basically, in the beginning, you hustle because you want everyone to, lo- to see your work, right? And afterwards, yeah. you're chilling.
0: <laughs> afterwards, you're chilling? <laughs> yeah. I- I'm not at that level yet. But hey, if you're saying it, Um. I, I mean, I-, I agree. On some
1: I- levels, I'm still having to hustle. But still, on some levels, you're chilling, I think. Because yeah. you're comfortable. You're comfortable in your own with what you're bringing to the table. So you don't have to take every single job. A lot Correctly. of us might be tempted to just take every single job and we will in the beginning but as we progress we're not going to take the we're not going to take the whatever job like let's say we don't like shooting family portraits or we don't like shooting weddings we're not going to take those weddings because we might we might realize that takes a lot of work and it's not worth my time because my expertise is documentary or my expertise is commercial so right. I'm not going to waste my effort and time which is also money and my hourly is going up higher and higher as I have more experience, so I'm gonna be more strategic about where I put my, where I commit myself, right?
0: I, I agree 100%. How would you, I guess, you know, when is the right time for the for the kids, you know, starting out uh, in production then? Uh, when, when should they raise their prices, you know? Or what would you say is, uh, you they, know? They should, raise,
1: they, they should raise their prices, you know, I think it's, it's according to the market, so I think it's important to be aware of what the market is is what the market rate is and then also who your peers are and and who's getting that rate because if someone's a hot shot getting all these rates um depending on, and depends on what circles right what what worlds of advertising but but you you still have to keep your game on as a as a creative and um, and then you st- and you can't undercut yourself because a lot of people it's the golden age of storytelling where everyone, can create all kinds of things, and now everyone expects that for dirt cheap. Well, honestly, you get what you pay for, and you have to remind your client that that you get what you pay for, and you have to assert your. You you have to be confident about what you're bringing to the table, so that's how you that's how you can charge more. Um, I just anecdotally, when I this is, ages ago in the dark ages, almost or or maybe the golden ages, where when I graduated in photography. My one of my classmates, Jennifer, she was offered a job and th- these were when day rates were roughly around like a good decent day rate would be maybe nine hundred dollars for a portrait shoot, like a fashion shoot. and yeah. that was a really good day rate and that was probably for like uh, either at least a regional campaign or maybe a national campaign. but that's for like a entry level student, that's a decent rate. And a decent client asked her how much she wanted they wanted to charge. she wanted to charge them. And she just blurted out like twenty five hundred dollars plus expenses, and that's a that's a pro rate. That's a really pro rate. And she just graduated, and they're like, "Well, she must be good. Well, let's give it to her." And then they gave her the job, and luckily she pulled it off. Not luckily, she she pulled it off. Then she's able to charge that from then on. Right. But, but the hard thing is the second someone char- the second you charge someone any undercut rate, they're going to want that over and over and over again. They're going to try to ask they're going to milk you for that so even if you under even if you give someone a low rate you always tell them this is not my rate i'm giving you a massive discount and you have to be very aware that i'm giving you a massive discount right now i think that sets the idea that your your worth is much higher than what they're asking for because i think it's again it's about your worth as
0: as a creative i love it i love it that's 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 a great transition to our second topic which is education uh, you you know i think from from just charging that rate it's, it's like it's one that's through experience and like you know um the things that you learn in life and, and your skill sets so tell us who 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 were you in high school then
1: in high school who was i in high school yeah i was pretty much me what is it I was interested in social justice. I was interested in homelessness. I was a photographer. I was a photographer in high school. I'm a photographer now. Um, I was friends with everyone, uh, but I didn't belong to one clique necessarily. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I do now. That helps me become a helps me be a journalist.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, yeah. What was, I was the- a
1: decent student. I was not the typical as far as like. From my parents' point of view, I was not their ideal Asian kid. I wasn't straight A's. I wasn't I had good SATs and I was good at math and sciences, but it wasn't like I was in the books all the time. I was taking pictures and my parents were like, "What are you doing?" You know, so it, was, it was like you should be studying, you should be reading and you should be doing all this other stuff. So in that sense, I was not a not, I was not the model Asian kid, according to my parents, but I think I was a typical Orange County kid.
0: Did you have a did you have a lot of conflict with your parents growing
1: up? It was ridiculous. I had a ten 8, ten PM curfew up until my senior year of high school. It's ten PM. Isn't that when people start going out? <laughs> <laughs> like, like seriously. Like I'm I'm like, oh I gotta go now, but oh people are starting to come now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that that's one thing and then and then when I did come home late at like 11 or 12 in the morning it, the house would be dark and then someone would be sitting in the dark in the shadows and I just think sneak in and think I'm in there and like my dad would be like Namon-na. like what are you doing <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah that was my Asian upbringing like most Asian upbringings
0: I would think well, but was- I don't know how was yours? My Asian upbringing, it was, uh, I think I had a little bit more freedom because my parents, uh, they, they ran restaurants, you know, most Asians, Koreans, they do the liquor store, laundries, Chinese people usually have the Chinese restaurants. Uh, so they worked a lot and I, I, I basically like raised myself. So I had to like maintain my own life, <laughs> you know, it was more yeah. like, Oh, I came home. Okay. There's 20 bucks for pizza for dinner. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll maintain it, but what uh what I guess what what advice would you have for the kids then uh, you know, kind of going through what you did where, where your parents were like super like, get home at this time, you know, I'm waiting for you. Uh, you know, the kids that are going through that right now, what 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 would you say to them?
1: I would say that sometimes your parents are just tripping <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and it's okay. Because that's how they were that's how they came over here and that's how they are. And that's okay. as long as they're not tripping so hard that they're actually impeding on your life, but sometimes you got to accept that they're tripping and, and give them their space and then understand that because if you dig deeper, it might be coming from somewhere somewhere that's really important or some somewhere that's really something uh, a place of caring or a ca- place of actual love, you know. Mm. So I, I don't mean that to be cliche, but even though my parents were tripping uh, half the time, when I asked them for a computer, when I asked them for a computer back in the days when there were no computers, almost, <laughs> um, that was an expensive thing. And, and and they were they own a liquor store, but they saved their money and they they took their time to buy me a computer and they took their time to invest in me as well. So they would give me they would yell at me and tell me, ask me and grill me about why I was making all these decisions. But maybe they were just making sure that I was going to commit to it. Who knows? I love it i love it yeah they're tripping but that's they're tripping from a good place sometimes
0: you tell your parents that be like hey dad you're tripping
1: i do nowadays and he goes i know (laughs) i'm 80 years old what do you expect (laughs) when he said that i was like oh he gets it he gets it too
0: (laughs) we are what we are it's just we were too afraid to say it back then what that's the truth
1: that's the truth sometimes i you know i I didn't say it back I don't think I said that in high school. I didn't say that straight off in, in high school. So it was, it took a while for me to get there. The sooner it got for me to get there, the better and the better communication you have, the, the easier it is to to come to that understanding. It's like a generation gap. We have like a, not even a generation gap, but we have like a culture gap as well. Hmm. Like this is cult, major cultural generational gap. I think that's one thing that Asians really have more than even other ethnicities because other ethnicities have tend to have a deeper culture more longer roots in the united states if you're if you're latin american if you're african-american you might have longer roots if you're european-american but most of the asians i know they've only been here a few generations at most four or five generations and that's a lot of other ethnicities it goes much farther than that so we're still that carrying that other country with us or at least our parents are carrying the other country with them
0: wow i don't i don't think i've ever looked at it that way that's interesting so speaking of you know parents carrying like that that generational gap uh from different you know time periods what, what would you say your parents were accepting of you going into the creative field
1: oh no no they weren't because that was a generational gap thing and that was like you gotta like like I'm gonna get like I'm gonna pontificate about like all this stuff and that's because I'm Asian American so maybe it gives me a little bit of a right to do that but yeah they were they were not into the creative fields because they left the country because they were. It's it's weird. I think they left. They left Korea at a time when the government in at the at that time was uh, Park geun father was was the 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 president that got that, that got uh what is it impeached previous to this president. But anyways, they, my parents left Korea when it was very difficult when mm-hmm. everyone was forced to do labor, forced to do work. And they left to have a, a semblance of a life, and more than anything, to provide a, a free semblance of a life for me. Mm. So, so they left with that. But interestingly, when I tried to go towards those creative fields, I think maybe it, it was it was ironic they they were freaked out that I was going towards those creative fields at the same time. So they were they they. So it's just a weird irony there. But at the same time, like I said, they they still invested. They bought me my camera, my first camera. They bought me my first computer. So, and that's that's huge.
0: When when did you feel like your your dad was uh was fully or your parents were fully like accepting of like oh this is what he's gonna do for the rest of his life now?
1: Uh, when their neighbors were proud of me. <laughs> what do you mean by that? When they could brag to their neighbors and brag to their friends that that or actually no, when not even when they could brag, when the neighbors were like oh we saw your son and this and that because my my parent what I mean by that is. I've been in my, I've been in, I'm, I'm listening to my family, but I've been in my industry for, what, 20 years now?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for the first 10 years, and even before that, maybe the first 15 years of me being in the industry, I, I went from just being in the newspaper business to winning some awards, to, to winning an Emmy award, uh, which is, it, it is what it is, to winning various awards, being recognized for my work. And my parents would always just be... Constantly, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a real job? Because and that that happened from the very beginning. I, I remember bringing home checks from commercial photography, and I'd bring home a check for twelve hundred dollars, and that would be a lot for one day's worth of work. And right. it just like, when are you going to have a real job? So, working for the LA Times, winning winning awards, doing some serious journalism. My parents are still, when are you going to get a real job? They they really it seemed like they didn't recognize what I was doing or they didn't even think it was an actual real job. So it was just a very strange thing.
0: For, um, and that happened for the first 10, 15 years?
1: For the 10, first 10, 15 years. And fast forward, um, the, the local Korean newspaper, it's a nice Korean newspaper, the Korea Herald, uh, but it's a small newspaper. that They write an article about me. And literally, this is ridiculous, they want write one article about me saying, this is a Korean-American guy doing some stuff. And my parents like oh my god and then they literally printed a sign board a poster board like this and then my dad, like would bring you in around like have you seen this thing of my son it's like look at and after that it, it just it completely changed it was it was mind-boggling and i was like what is going on and we asked our other asian friend i was telling my other asian friend this and like yeah that happened to me too my parents had no i they didn't care that i worked for dreamworks They didn't care that I made these movies, but the second a small like Korean newspaper writes, the second someone else thinks you're cool, then your parents will be like, "Oh my god," because maybe that's a Confucian thing, or I don't know. Maybe that I don't know what that is, but it seems to be universal. So, so I would recommend if you are having, if you need a breakthrough to your parents, just have a community, have an ethnic newspaper write about you, and then it'll then it'll be all good then.
0: Just just spend the the, the five hundred dollars, put an ad out for yourself, and 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 have them write an article, and put it in the front page, and then show it to your parents.
1: Uh, I didn't do that, but um, yeah, I guess you. Could uh, do that I mean, you.
0: yeah, you did <laughs> Like that would probably be the quickest way, right?
1: That business opportunity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what uh what uh, I guess you know what were some challenges you uh, you faced like internally during that time of the 10 years of them not accepting you? Cause it must've been hard, right? You, you get all this recognition from like your job and from people outside of your, your parents. And then your parents just like, yeah, cool, whatever. It's like get a real job. Like, how did you move through that? How'd you deal with that? Um, I think the only way to go
1: through that is to actually go through that. There's a lot like, cause that's a lot of stuff that you're talking about that almost is at odds. Like you take any point of what you said, about the Asian parent, like you take growing up in an Asian household, but then growing up in American communities, you know, those two, two things are at odds. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about the, just the, career, the the creative jobs versus the professional jobs and nothing matching up to what they thought was, was, uh, was a legitimate job in their eyes, you know, it, because they had this specific picture of doctor or lawyer. Or something that was a very stable income, not a not a creative creative type of job where the income could be variable. So they, uh-huh. they wanted that stability, what how they saw it. So it was it was very challenging. So I think the only way through that was to actually go through that. And it was to and honestly, the my parents are not very talkative. So it's not something that you could talk I could talk to my parents about. So it was really finding at first people to talk to, but then also Kind of an internal dialogue, and then also self. Um, I, th- I think kind of just looking at self reflection as well, whether that's through journaling, whether that's through reading, whether that's through philosophy or spirituality. I think that's highly important because I think I, I think that's as a, even as a creative. I think that that you see that that's kind of where the beginning is, and everything kind of falls away from the, everything else is trickles down from that. Is like where where you are internally and however you look at that maybe if, let's say i'm a i'm a storyteller so let's look at it in the joseph campbell way whatever your story is your personal mythology is everything kind of trickles down from that so you have to have your own personal mythology and you have to have your own personal story and i think that comes from yeah it comes from reaching out to friends and reaching out to peers that you agree with but i think it really comes from your own personal journey into what that mythology is and that could be through so I'm a storyteller. So that's first true story. But then these stories lead to maybe philosophy, lead to, lead to um, certain texts, leads to all kinds of knowledge drops out there. There's so much knowledge out there and so much wisdom out there that I think if you have that, that critical mind, you can go through anything. So I think with anything, you go through it, then you have the ability to understand it. And then you have the ability to kind of move around it.
0: Got it. Got it. Have that critical mind. Just, just Don't be afraid to go through it. It's
1: key. It's key, I think, because especially now there's like challenging challenging times and you could either just sit down and lay down to it or you can kind of face it, look at it and then figure out how to move through it. move mm-hmm. around
0: I love that. What? So you, you mentioned that you you uh, you have some students, right? I um, used to. Yeah, I,
1: I have, and I, I mentor students here and there as well. I teach multimedia and I teach uh, uh, filmmaking and journalism.
0: So, what would you, as a as a teacher, then? What would you say are uh, two of the biggest challenges students face today, or that you've seen? I I'm,
1: I think the students face a lot of challenges. So I don't know if I could narrow it down to two. Might change every few months or, or every other day. But when I'm when I wish wasn't a challenge is I think the biggest challenges to students are not academic things. I think it's outside things like, for example, being able to afford school Mm. or or being able to devote time to, let's say you're creative and you want to get into the workforce. Well, these days, if you want to get into any workforce, you have to get the experience. So not everyone has the opportunity to get that experience. Not everyone has the free time to do a free internship or give their free time to a company to get that experience in production or get that experience in whatever other craft they're doing. So I think that's, to me, the biggest issue with education is that the non-education, the non-educate, things that even don't have to do with education are affecting people's education. I think it's a, the, so, you know, thinking, talking around in a circle about it, I think the biggest issue is inequality, mm-hmm. um, access to education, because yeah, I, I would tell you to hustle, but if you're not gonna hustle, or if you're gonna hustle, that's 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 on you. But I'm I'm saddened to see people that have the hustle that don't get the opportunity because they might have to be working or they might be a single parent or they have a lot of different things that they're attending to. So that's that's a major issue for me. Um, Having access. Um, That's why I love the the Internet. That's why I have this T-shirt, because now for the first time ever, there's so much information available for people to if you have the hustle yourself, you could actually find it yourself. You might, not, you might not get the community learning experience or the peer learning experience, but you still have access to that information.
0: To the internet. I love it. I love it.
1: And you, yeah. You know.
0: What, uh, I guess, um, where do you see the future of education moving then?
1: I would like to see the future of education moving towards something that is more accountable, more accountable to like what, what people want. I I imagine after this time period in time in, um, you know, moving on to into late mid-May, late May, I would think that kids of this generation might be into science and they might be there. We might have the greatest scientists of this generation, might have the greatest uh, economic uh, or or governmental political side. It might flourish as a response to the lack of what was happening now. So I, I would like education to be to be responsible in that sense to and then also be responsible in a sense where it's it's accountable for providing a good education um equitably uh, and and for some way to look at that because because i um and i'm I'm kind of talking around it but i think that there's so many schools that are in it for the profit these days right and that's kind of suspect and then there's (laughs) at the same time there's so many good there's so Stanford and Yale and Harvard are offering a lot of their classes online for free. Right. So there's, a, there's that at the same time. So um, now we're, we're working with virtual classrooms. So I think it's a good time to kind of relook at education and then hold it accountable for what we're investing in. Uh, meaning that it should be teaching us things that were useful. Um, it should be accessing people, not just based on their income level, but mm-hmm. maybe based on their merit as well. I love so I think it. there's
0: a lot to go for in education. Accountability. That's, that's great. All right. Moving on to the last topic of the day. Which is love. Tell us, what is love?
1: It's what make the makes the world go round. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good or bad. Good or bad. You know, yeah. as creatives, we're it's our passion and it's what keeps us going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and makes us makes us work harder, makes us put in the long hours. Um it also makes us put in so many hours that we we're losing sleep. So it's, it's double-edged. It's good and bad. It's our okay. passion, but the passion can go a little f- too far sometimes.
0: What would you um, say? I think that's
1: the issue with people too, is people get overly emotional and passionate about things. And yeah, it can get, it's a powerful thing.
0: What would you say is the, uh, I guess, what was, is the defining moment in your life in terms of love?
1: Oh, recently there's so many. I think you could like have defining moments. If you open yourself up to it, I think you can have, honestly, not to sound cheesy, I think you can have defining moments left and right because I'm like trying to open myself up to people and get their stories as a journalist. So I have to do that. And often I get surprised and I meet amazing people, just fantastic people that are just have so much depth to them and so much love to them and so much to offer. And these are people that you may not think that have this this to offer. So I think you can get that in any moment, but most recently, the the one of the biggest defining moments, of course, is my son. My kid's two years old, and just seeing a, a new life pop out, and and it's within that instant, you know, that your my life now in some ways revolves around him, and in some ways, he's kind of the the fulcrum of my life now, where the where everything else pivots around him. It's uh so that was define, a defining moment where where everything changed. Where everything now was look at, looking at life with, through the perspective of him. Um, and it's pretty empowering too.
0: I love it. The, the birth of your child. I think it's a uh, it's, it's different. What what I mean, you seem like a pretty ambitious person just from all the things that you know you've done. And, and you know, I think it's ambitious to have a child, and be able to, to raise it. What what would you say is your highest ambition in life?
1: my highest ambition in life is to to spread as much love as possible as much as I can. And that's right now, that's through my work. That's through through my journalism, um, through my storytelling. Um, and that's through my kid as well. So just, so I, I I can have, yeah, that's my, to, to, to be able to bring it to that, with as much intensity as i can every day of my
0: life i love that's great okay well thank you for joining us today um what you know you you've shared so much for the community um you know telling your story about your family and, and every, the things that you've been going through uh what can the community do for you you know what is the biggest problem challenge that you have in your life right now that you know a community somebody was watching this and they could reach out and assist you what would that problem be?
1: I think uh, I think people could seriously do what I was talking about: is bring that love to their life, life. Uh, bring that love to the next Facebook post that they read, and before making an a, just a gut reaction, uh, reading the entire article and seeing how that would affect their community. And are they are they spreading that post just to get someone angry, or are they spreading that because they think it's something important? I think bring that to every aspect of your life. Bring, uh, bring a little bit more love to your life because that's going to help you. I think on the creative level, on many levels, and it's it's takes a lot. It takes more work, uh, especially if you're not used to it, because that's something we didn't get into yet. But that's part of the Asian American thing is we don't show that all the time. But but I think when you do show that, the the payoff is immense, Uh, and 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 the payoff starts with your own perspective. So. I would do that because it's going to make the world a lot better a lot better place a lot more educated a lot more friendly a lot more kind a lot more everything better you know
0: yeah can you i mean can you go into an an example of that and you said you know we didn't we didn't touch into that of the working silently i think that's what you were talking about
1: well well what i was talking about is like that expression of love is what I think it's very, very important. And, and growing up as a Korean American, my, I didn't quite ex- understand my parents' expression of love, because mm. there was a lot of expressions of love, but there was a lot of strictness too. And that strictness was also their expression of love. And I didn't quite understand that, so it rubbed me the wrong way. So it, it made it difficult for me to actually express my emotions um, as a mid, m- as a adolescent, as a teen. It made me, it made it difficult for me to do that. And it's only after becoming an artist and kind of like looking into my my emotions and looking at, into how I feel, expressing that, that I became more whole as a person. Because that side almost got suppressed. Everyone has this side of, everyone has feelings. And, you know, some some people take their feelings and express them into beautiful paintings and beautiful, you know, guitar riffs and, and beautiful songs. Or some people just scream at the wall, you know. And so, like, just, you can take those feelings and then, really look at it and do something with it, or you can just be self-destructive with it. And and I know I went on a, on a long long diatribe, but, but I think that's um, what kept me from just screaming at the wall is learning to kind of approach things with, approach myself with love and approach the things I do with love and then approaching my feelings and then seeing how to express those feelings through my art.
0: How do you show love to others?
1: Uh, being there. That's it. I don't need to like overtly do anything i just need to be there for them
0: just being present in the moment and showing up
1: showing up and letting, letting so being there and so that i think involves letting them be there de- letting them do their thing
0: mm. Mm. you
1: can't necessarily i can't necessarily I, I i um it's one thing to be there for them but it's another thing to feel sorry for them and or try to correct their way of life sometimes what people need is someone just to be there It's like it's very i think it's very easy for us and very asian of us to say well why are you doing that or or get up or do whatever but i think before that i think we're human beings i think being there for someone yeah, i think is the first step Love that. You, can only, you can only yeah you can only teach people from where they're at if someone's not ready for something they're not gonna be open to it
0: Someone's not ready for something; they're not going to be open to it. I think that's words of wisdom right there. You, uh, you have a uh, you have oh, one, you have one piece of life advice for the youth.
1: Uh, well, I, there was a couple there, I think, but uh,
0: he's thinking, folks, something wise. I'm about to say something wise. <laughs> a brave tiger coming out
1: with some brave knowledge drops of just (laughs) of of loving yourself and loving your community and and bringing it like i said i think that's important and i think that just to further expand on that that's not easy all the time i think it's not easy all the time but and it takes sometimes it takes a lot of hard work and 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 it's almost takes a lot of resistance because i think we can go in momentum so i think What I would say is even though it's not easy, try it. You're probably going to like it.
0: Got it. Try it. Even if it's not easy. All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching. Uh, Before I forget, 88 Real Estate Media is looking for members to join the Oversight Committee to build the best mindfulness school in Southern California. Shoot us a message if you want to learn more. Also, if you do business in the real estate industry, please do consider hiring 88 Real Estate Media. Albert, where can they find you? Any plugs you want to give, um, you know?
1: Uh, I think find my work at thelatimes.com and also Albert Lee in LA at Instagram and all the socials.
0: Got it, any any last and final words for for the youth out there? Uh, Be (laughs) youthful,
1: bring it, bring it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Be youthful and bring it. Thank you guys for joining us.